0: moving on to week 16 also known as round two of most people's fantasy league playoffs but we have picks we have best bets and we have some props for the week before we get into all that how we doing nate
1: we're doing good it's christmas week it's the most wonderful time of the year feeling good i'm in uh the running to win one the only leagues that i'm in the playoffs for for fantasy that I have a shot at or my, both of my dynasty leagues, I might lose the one that's just a regular offensive one, but my IDP dynasty hoping to bring in some more money so I could throw it on some more money lines. We'll figure out what that looks like in week 17, if I'm rich or if I am poor and by rich, I mean, I can buy groceries next week, but good week last week. It felt good until Monday night football uh, with the Eagles losing. So it would have been even better, but good week out of us. Uh, looking forward to this one it's it's a tough week and it doesn't feel good it does not feel good at all to me no 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 and i want to yeah. can we talk about something real quick Sure. let's talk futures prop markets right so um there is the offensive rookie of the year right which cj stroud is sitting at like minus minus ten thousand on some books right mm-hmm. uh Yeah, you get minus 10,000. The best odds are minus 2,000 right now, C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud had a bad game against the Jets, gets knocked out. He didn't play last week. Who knows if he's going to play this week because he's still in the protocol, and I don't believe he is practicing whatsoever too. Not yet. So that's three weeks that he's out. Say Houston loses this week. They fall out of playoff contention. Do they bring back C.J. Stroud to play the final two games of the season? And I ask that because if you don't believe that they're going to bring back C.J. Stroud, can a guy win Offensive Rookie of the Year not playing practically a third of the NFL football season? Mm-hmm. That seems pretty. I don't think anybody's ever done that, right? Um, but you got Puka Nakua here, and I may have a Puka Nakua ticket from a, a while back, um, also. So, but Puka Nakua is sitting here, and we'll, you know, maybe we're going to get into the Rams in a little bit, but. Since they're the first game on the slate, but Puka you can get at plus three thousand at Bet Rivers right now. So thirty to one odds on Puka He needs five and a half catches over the next three weeks per game, and on average one hundred and four yards per game. Also mm-hmm. to break both of the rookie reception and the rookie receiving yards records that. uh let's say a Justin Jefferson didn't break a Jamar chase mm-hmm. didn't break. Mm-hmm. None of those guys have broken and had Matt Stafford realized that Puka Nakua was on the field when Cooper cup came back because he just completely ignored him after that. And it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> this guy's tearing up the league <laughs> right now. Uh, he probably yeah. would have been <clears throat> sitting at needing two catches a game and maybe, you know, 50 yards or something like that. Cause he completely went absent in those first four games when he came back. Um, I think there's some value there if you don't believe that CJ Stroud's going to come back, and if you have Houston losing this week, um, which I think the majority of the public does, or the majority of the books do as well, um, yep. I think there's there's some decent stuff to gain there. Also on the Brock Purdy train. Um, you know, you got Brock Purdy up there for MVP. A lot of people don't think he's the MVP. Maybe it's a running back or something like that. I don't think that there's anybody else other than maybe Lamar has a real shot, I think, right now. If Lamar can put up a big game on Christmas uh, against his 49ers team on the primetime stage at the end of the year, he ends up being the AFC one, one seed, you know, or something like that. That's um, what I would take. That's what I think what it would take. So if you think yeah. Baltimore can win this week, I think your odds are mm-hmm. going to be better for Lamar MVP than you're going to get out of them winning the game itself. <clears throat> um, it's only a, what, two to one for them to win the game this week. So I'm sure you'll get way better odds for MVP. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe Brock Purdy gets it and you think that maybe someone like Christian McCaffrey or, or say Lamar Jackson gets it or whatever, and all of the stuff out there in the narrative is that Brock Purdy, the quarterback, um, is a system guy and has all these players around him and stuff like that, then I would look at Kyle Shanahan as coach of the year. Someone on this Niners team has to win an award. You have Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, or Kyle Shanahan. They usually don't give it to a guy who's expected to have a decent team or whatever, but if you're going to null and void every other type of thing, say Tyreek breaks the you know 2,000-yard mark or something like that, and he'll do it in 16 games if he does it because he missed last week against yep. the Jets. Was it against the Jets? Yeah, it was against the Jets. It was. Um, If he ends up with that and Brock Purdy doesn't win MVP, Kyle Shanahan has to be the coach because you can't not have two of the best performing players in the entire NFL not get an award and not give it to the coach. Um, But if you believe that kind of stuff, um, those are some angles to take at it. Um, And remember that you're not handicapping. When it comes to awards, you're not handicapping what is seen on the field. You're not handicapping the performance or how valuable Christian McCaffrey is or how invaluable people believe that Brock Purdy is or anything like that you're handicapping voters. You're not mm-hmm. handicapping- it doesn't matter what your opinion on who the most valuable player is, or what the anchor on Sports Center or First Take or Get Up or whatever it is says about who's more valuable. It matters who's going to bet, and that's who you're handicapping. And those people see MVP as a quarterback award Um, that's straight from their word of mouth their actual mouths and stuff like that I believe Mm -hmm. the guy who uh, invented um, DVOA right he's a voter and he's allowed to vote on everything and he's come out and said that he'll never vote for a non-quarterback because it's the most valuable position so uh, if you believe that and (laughs) you look at advanced metrics from a guy who does DVOA his vote's Brock Purdy it has to be because that's what he believes in and stuff like that. So you're handicapping voters, you're not handicapping performance on the field. That's just
0: something to take away from it. But I I do like me some DVOA and I do like me some Puka Nakua. So uh, I think he has a shot unless, unless we're treating the offensive rookie of the year award also as a quarterback award these days. And
1: And if he does come back, right? Like if he has stinker games, like, I think he only needs one, one decent game out of him. Right. Um, yeah, Out uh, sure. of CJ Stroud to win the award. Yeah, but um, I think there's some decent value there at 30 to 1.
0: I like it. I'm biased, but all right. I like that. Uh, So let's do a quick recap of week 15 for the picks. We did well. I went 11 and five up three units. Nate, you went 12 and four. So you gained a game on me there. I think we're tied for the season long record. You're up 5.6 units on the week last week. Again, you mentioned could have been a lot better had Philly pulled it off. So we'll still take the green, but what could have been for us on Monday night football for best bets. I had Jameer Gibbs longest rush at 13 and a half yards. He crushed that with another 20-yard carry, I believe. Uh, Nate, you had OBJ over 37.5 receiving yards. That did not hit. Um, Baltimore really didn't need to do much through the air. And What they did do, for whatever reason, was through Rashad Bateman and a little bit of Isaiah Likely. Uh, any commentary there before we move on into the picks?
1: Just a, a year too late on Rashad Bateman, um, <laughs> right? one of my, my favorite dudes last year going into the season. But... Um, Baltimore passing game is kind of lackluster, and a lot of it is seems like it's really based off of nobody trying to get pressure on Lamar, just trying to contain, and then him make a bunch of little zigzag moves in the pocket and hoping that one guy comes in and then he can get out. And then that's that's kind of their passing game right now. They excelled really well at the short passing game, but um, earlier in the season, but man, that OBJ one really hurt like it, everything was there. So, but A loss is a
0: loss. You're going to lose. You're going to win. Just hope you win more times than you lose. And that's what you've been doing this season. So well done despite the loss. All right. We're recording this on Wednesday, December 20th. Every team is playing this week. uh, So we are going to get the Thursday night game in here. No buys. uh, But we'll kick things off with New Orleans at the Rams. Uh, Rams are favored by four and a half over unders at 46.5. What you got?
1: Rams are currently in the playoffs right now. uh, Seven seed. Um, That's right. Yeah. I think that if there is a team that can, that can, it sounds crazy with what's going on this year. If there is a team that can potentially challenge the 49ers in the NFC, it might be this Rams team because they have excellent weapons on the outside. They're able to run the ball now and they're playing at a really high level. Um, they're familiar foes. Sean McVay doesn't lose to Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs, whatever it was like one time. But uh <laughs> but I think the Rams are the Rams are rolling. Um New Orleans, classic team with a hurt quarterback who matriculates the ball down the field. They have twelve play drives. 12, 12 play drives just to stall out within the red zone and kick field goals. And that's what yeah. they're going to do. And I don't think you can kick field goals against this Rams team right now. You got Puka Nakua, like I spoke about earlier, going for records. I think Matt Stafford knows that. I think those guys know that. They they know those incentives and, and records and stuff like that, especially at the end of the year. If you're going to be able to win games, just feed dudes targets and stuff like that. I think the Rams run away with this one on Thursday night. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game as well, too. So 46 and a half looks good, too.
0: Uh, I'm on the Rams side here as well. Uh, it's impossible to predict exactly what version of Derek Carr we're getting next, uh, weekend, week out, and then trying to predict when he has, you know, a ceiling game. I think that's even more difficult, uh, difficult. I believe that's what it would take for Carr and the saints to keep pace with the Rams, just the way the offenses have been playing. You kind of mentioned some of their struggles, um, kind of in the red zone, but I've also got the Rams winning this game at home. All right, moving on to the saturday game we got two of them saturday games we have two uh first one is cincinnati at pittsburgh the Bengals are favored by one and a half on the road uh over under is very low it's at 37. what are you doing with this one
1: don't these guys know it's it's christmas like it's bad enough we got three games on christmas christmas is meant for the nba we do. But night, Thursday night, Saturday night, all day, Sunday, Christmas Eve, like, man, we're trying to do Christmas stuff, right? Um, but we could do Christmas stuff, bake cookies, you know, and all that kind of stuff while having the, the games on. Um, you know, if, if you're in a family home and stuff like that, maybe consider just muting the TV, have the games on, mute the TV, play mm-hmm. the Christmas music in the background or something like that. But... Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati in this one. I don't care that it's on the road. I think it is actually an advantage for Cincinnati to be in Pittsburgh for this game because as soon as this team in Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph as a quarterback is a one-and-a-half-point dog to the Cincinnati Bengals team, and I get they struggled and they had to come back like miraculously and win ball games and overtime in recent weeks with Jake Browning. But as soon as that team goes three and out, or Mason Rudolph, first drive, fumbles a snap, gets hit, fumbles the ball, turnover, Cincinnati's got it, all the boos are coming. Pittsburgh is tired of Mike Tomlin. They don't care that they've been over 500. Earlier in the season, they had Deontay Johnson not blocking on the outside, and dudes yeah. dudes are just getting cash or not blocking, and then looks at the fumble go down and just watches the ball go past him or whatever. This last week, you have George Pickens near the goal line, not picking up a block for Jalen Warren at, at the goal line, literally like one or two yards. He could have been the key block to get them inside the end zone, score a touchdown. They don't do that in Pittsburgh, so it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and he says, really oh, I didn't I didn't want to put myself in a tank, tank Dell situation, you know, this is this, and, you know, protect myself. To take yeah. This dude is massive, and he's not willing to throw a block because he's worried about his own self, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger came out last week on his podcast talking about how this team doesn't feel like they have it, like they don't they don't have an identity, they don't have a culture within Pittsburgh, and it all starts at the top. They're not going to win nine games this season, and Pittsburgh's going to be the team that basically wipes out all that hope, and Pittsburgh. And Cincinnati have had some very bad times together on the football oh, field. Yes, they have. Shout out Vontez Perfect, Pac-Man Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown is the way he is because of this rivalry. Um, 100%. <clears throat> your two best offensive players don't put out effort. And you have Mason Rudolph. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> I like Cincinnati in this game. Like,
0: it, yeah. Yeah. I like Cincinnati heavily in this game. All right. Yeah, Minnesota threw a lot of stuff at Jake Browning last week. You said they barely, you know, they had to come back and win that game. They barely eked out a victory, but they do that to every quarterback. Um, That kind of got the Cincinnati offense off to a slow start. The Bengals also suffered a few key injuries early in that game last week, but they overcame, right? They came back. They got the win, Um, and I think they carry that momentum here against a Pittsburgh team with, as you mentioned, Mason Rudolph or – Mitch Trubisky, because they're both going to be on a short leash, or whoever gets to start is going to be on a very short leash, and they're not good quarterbacks as it is. Now you add that kind of pressure. It's just not a good recipe for success. So I'm taking the Bengals, and I may have taken them, even with Kenny Picky going. I don't even know, but I got Cincinnati what a, this week. What about Duck Hodges? Oh, <laughs> Remember God. that dude, Duck Hodges? <laughs> <laughs> if only Devlin, Devlin Hodges or whatever. I forget his first name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this slate – Not a fan of this slate. So Nate mentioned, have it on, maybe just mute it. You don't need to really pay attention to it. The second game is Buffalo at the Chargers. Love Buffalo. Not so much the Chargers. Uh, (laughs) Bills are heavy favorites on the road here. Um, 12 and a half. They get 12 and a half points. Over-unders at 43.5, most of which I'm assuming Buffalo is going to score. Probably going with the under on this one. What do you got? You know how I
1: talk about every week there's, like, one big team that's, you know, big favorite that's likely (laughs) – I'm just kidding. It's Buffalo. It's (laughs) Buffalo. I don't think we need to spend any time on this. Uh, The Chargers are in shambles. They have nobody that can play. Maybe Keenan Allen comes back. Maybe he doesn't. Um, But they still have Easton Stick at quarterback who can't hold on to the ball and turns it over. The Raiders put up 63 points on this team. Jesus. Granted, they did get a little bit better as the game went. You know, or whatever like that, being able to move the ball. They scored three times or whatever like that. But uh, nobody on the Raiders played in the fourth quarter. It was literally guys from the black hole um, that were playing in the fourth quarter. Um, So congratulations to the Chargers. You're going to lose by 30 here this week as well, too. So Buffalo is on the outside looking in. And all they need is these teams right above them to beat themselves up and them keep winning. So um, this one, I think, is a cakewalk. I think we see some of these guys sitting Uh, in that
0: fourth quarter as well yeah chargers unmitigated disaster i'm also taking the surging buffalo bills no one wants to play them. all right moving into the sunday early games first one is indy at atlanta atlanta home favorites they get one and a half over under this is high for a falcons game probably has more to do with the colts but it's at 44 and a half what you got
1: i think it has more to do with tyler taylor heineke being a competent forward pass thrower oh, of the yeah. pigskin so taylor heineke is going to be starting this game instead of De- desmond ritter um, therefore maybe drake london will get targeted in the first half you're going to get targets to kyle pitts Johnu smith the last time they played they played minnesota the last time that taylor heineke um played in this game uh John smith had a 60 yard touchdown i think he had uh, a little over a handful of catches for a hundred yards. I think he had a touchdown in that game too. Kyle Pitts over 50 something yards, multiple catches, Drake London as well. Bijan got involved. Um, I like Atlanta in this game. We don't know what's happening with Mm -hmm. Michael Pittman. Um, he took one of the craziest shots, uh, going over the middle last week. People say it's illegal. They suspended the dude for the rest of the year. Probably has something to do with, uh, his history of having hits on defensive receivers. But, um, Maybe Indianapolis's goal this game is just to put all their receivers in defenseless positions. Like every receiver in the NFL should just dive or lower their bodies so that uh, the defense can't hit them because there's no way to jar a ball out if you don't make that hit. I didn't think it was all that bad, um, but the rules are the rules. Jonathan Taylor may be back, but I'm not worried about that from an Atlanta perspective. They do fairly well against the run. They're not great, but they're fairly okay against the run. They have the best man corners. In the entire secondary in in the league not saying they have the best corners like top to bottom one two three four five Um, as a collective group they're pretty dang nasty all the way through the nickel as well and the dime corner so i'm gonna take atlanta to win this game at home Mm -hmm. i initially thought indy would be something but I'm also not a fan of Indy. I think that their secondary is fraudulent. Uh, they've been getting by somehow over the last few weeks. Maybe I'm just going to eat crow the rest of the season because I'm going to keep targeting these guys. <laughs> but I like those tight ends. You can get, um, yeah. I think Johnny Smith's uh, receiving total is like 20 and a half, went for 100 yards. Got. T- I mean, look at what we liked, Logan Thomas in Washington, right? We've liked all these other guys in Washington that were tight ends, Jordan Reed. I think he was there when Heineke was there too. Heineke grew up in a system where they feature the tight end. He throws the tight end and the Atlanta Falcons play two tight end sets quite a bit because they like running the ball straight up the gut with Cordell Patterson. So they need to be able to block. So uh, I like the receiving prop totals for the tight ends in this game. Maybe look at their catches. If it's, you know, two and a half or something like that, which might may likely be just based off historicals and it's not factoring in the quarterback. Give me Atlanta at home.
0: Yeah, I might have a bad read on this one because Atlanta is a game uh, out of the uh, NFC South right for Mm -hmm. first place, a playoff spot. None of those teams are making a wild card, but it is very difficult to predict a situation like with what transpired in the Chargers Raiders game a week ago. Coach might be losing the locker room, underperforming team coming off freaking loss to the freaking Carolina Panthers uh, opponent playing with playoff intensity. Indy's in it. I know Atlanta is at home and they have played better there, but I I just can't get behind with money this version of the atlanta falcons also michael pittman i know he um had the concussion last week didn't play the whole game i think he left pretty early but he um he is practicing already in a limited fashion so that is a good sign i think they will have him at their disposal so i'm on the other side of this one i'll be taking gardner Minshew, who just wins shane steichen i'm i'm on the cold sneak i do worry like
1: Like I said, I don't really care if Jonathan Taylor plays or not, right? Which he's likely to play. But how much run is he going to end up getting in this game? You got Zach Moss that's probably not going to play. um, And you got Trey Sermon behind him too. So those are things as well.
0: Stud. Yeah. Four years later. Uh, Next game, Seattle at Tennessee. (laughs) Seahawks are road favorites. They get two and a half. Over-unders at 41.5. What you got?
1: This one I don't like. This is like a game where you just don't turn the TV on to this one. There's a couple of them on this slate, mm-hmm. especially on Sunday early morning. Um, yeah, go to church. Just feel free to go to church. Should not miss some football. You can start it at your 1 p.m. Eastern or something like that. There ain't there ain't nothing to watch here. Um, Will Levis says if he can go, he's gonna go. Looks like he's walking pretty gingerly or whatever like that. Doesn't look that great. Uh, Ryan Tannehill may play. Uh, I don't think Tannehill is terrible. I don't think he's good, but I don't think he's absolutely terrible. Seattle coming off a high win. Drew Locke. Is Geno Smith going to play this game? He'll probably play this game because they thought he might play last game. Uh, maybe yeah. they're trying to save him for this one for some reason. Um, little awkward because it's an early morning game as well. So it's going to be like a an 11 o'clock start <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. for Seattle, right, based off of their – however you call that your internal body clock, but, uh, I wanted to go with Tennessee, but I just can't stomach it. Um, so we need v- Vrabel to get fired is that's what it is. Um, and bring in an offensive minded head coach into this, into this team with what they have at quarterback. So give me Seattle.
0: Yeah. I tried to get behind Tennessee last week. Did not work. Well, did not work. They lost to what Houston with, uh, uh, who was the backup there? oh shit! case 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 keenum led houston texans without nico collins or come on man um but yeah tennessee another dumpster fire uh and the dnp for will levis today doesn't exactly instill any confidence um he got bent backwards looked really bad i believe it was the ankle not that there would be much confidence there uh confidence there regardless but give me the seahawks coming off a very good showing against the eagles um drew Locke, he looked fine but I think they will be getting Geno Smith back. So, again, that's fine. Um, I like the Seahawks in this one. Next game, Detroit at Minnesota. Lions are road favorites. They get three over-unders at forty six and a half. What are you doing here?
1: Oh, man, the Lions get smoked. And then all of a sudden they smoke the D- the Denver Broncos, which everybody's high on to, you know, maybe compete for the division. And I know we've mentioned that a little mm-hmm. bit. Oh, but you, know, I think we all understood that was kind of some satire there and some preseason love that i have for the team that i'm trying to will but it's not it's not there we talked about how over that four game four games in five four or five that they won in a row they had 12 turnover like a plus 12 turnover differential mm-hmm. and then they went and got smacked in buffalo and then they went and got smacked in detroit i don't think detroit's that good minnesota I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball straight at Aiden Hutchinson in this game and then burn this team with play action. They're at home, Minnesota is. Their exotic blitz pressures and their disguising and dropping back into pressure, I believe, is going to fluster the great Jared Goff. They lose one more game. They'll still win the division, you know, but I think that Minnesota wins this one at home against the Detroit Lions. And everybody remembers. Yes, Jared Goff, you threw five touchdowns last week. You ruined everybody's fantasy football championships. (laughs) He did. And it's back to reality in this game. I think Minnesota's defense makes some big plays near the end. When you need Jared Goff to drive you down the field on the road to get you in field goal position or score you a touchdown, I'll take the defense (laughs) 95% of the time.
0: Yeah. Uh Goff had what, was it nine turnovers in a four game stretch? Not great. Over two a game. Not yep. ideal if you're trying to win football games. But Minnesota's on quarterback number three. And it was an admirable performance from Nick Mullins. But that game last week was largely Ty Chandler torching that Bengals defense that I think they lost dudes at the first, second, and third levels relatively early on. Talked about how that kind of threw off Cincinnati early. Um but this week Jared Goff, Detroit. They get to play indoors. Um, that's that's a much better climate for Jared Goff. Uh, trust me, I've, I've seen him play for many years. Uh, <laughs> and they have a decent run game. I think they can exploit some of those lighter boxes when Brian Flores is mixing in those just crazy blitz looks, uh, maybe having seven, eight guys on the line, but only really rushing three or four. Um, I think Detroit can exploit that. But um, I like Detroit in this one. This one wasn't as intimidating. Uh, maybe a few weeks ago, Detroit would have been like I don't know minus three minus 400 on the money line so we're only risking 1.8 here uh to bet Detroit so I'm not as yeah. scared off um in that regard so give me the Lions for this matchup so second game we're on opposing ends of mm-hmm. next game Washington at the Jets the Jets home favorites surprisingly over under is very low not surprisingly at 37.5 what you got
1: what's that like physics quote about like a unstoppable object meets a uh something force. What is that? Do you know that one? I really uh, don't know that immovable. In, immovable, uh, immovable object. Yeah.
0: Un- yeah. So this look it it's up. basically Keep
1: you got the jets offense who can't do anything against the Washington defense who can't stop anything. So it's, it's going to be really crazy in this game to see which one factors out and which one wins. I think the jets defense just wins them this game. You know this might be like a nine to nothing maybe uh maybe 16 to nothing or something like that i don't see how washington scores maybe they get a field goal or something like that i'll take the jets um there's nothing that washington does that intimidates me when picking the jets in this game i don't think the jets are good this year i don't think that they're going to be able to move the ball all that great on washington but if i had to pick one of them to to win out Whatever the matchup is, I'm going to pick the Jets' offense over the Washington defense as opposed to the Washington offense over the Jets' defense. That's how terrible it is. Like I said, <laughs> go to church.
0: Just don't worry about football. Some of these games are bad on this uh, Sunday slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an unstoppable force versus an immovable object. Yeah. So, so it's a completely
1: stoppable force against a completely movable was- object. That's what I was trying to get <laughs> yeah. out of it.
0: There you go. That's good. Uh Yeah, there's there's really no metric that will help you here. As far as the offensive <laughs> side of the ball, with the backup quarterback going on one side and Sam Howell walking on eggshells going on the other. He got benched last week. So I look to the defense. I think you mentioned that while I was looking up the the physics thing. The Jets can absolutely shut down the run. They rank third um, in def- defensive DV this season. I'm on the Jets side for that reason and that reason alone. Um, there's a high probability that they'll sack Howell a few times, maybe force a couple turnovers. So, yeah, I'm taking the Jets in what is a game I probably won't be watching much of. This is going to be Washington (laughs) by three touchdowns. Probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Sam Howell return. Uh, All right, next matchup, Green Bay at Carolina. Uh, Packers, of course, road favorites. They get four and a half over under. Of course, it's low, 36.5. What you got?
1: I hate the Green Bay Packers. As soon as you think that they're good, they remind you that they're not. Um, Yep. But they're also playing the Carolina Panthers, and Carolina's not winning three games this season. Um, So... At least they shouldn't. So um, I'll never pick the Carolina Panthers to win a football game. Um, They have a special teams coach as their head coach right now. Yuck.
0: I'll take Reba. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you told me six months ago that the one-win Panthers would beat the Atlanta Falcons in Week 15, Nate, Mm -hmm. I would have believed you. Arthur (laughs) Smith is terrible. He benched the guy who would have won them a very low-scoring field position battle of a game because of a fumble. We talked about this on the recap show. The Rams watch Kyron Williams fumble, not once, but two times. Sean McVay puts Kyron back in the game, and he torches the Commanders. Um, I feel like that's what would have happened if Bijan got, you know, a bulk of the carries after his fumble. The Falcons stink, and so do the Panthers. Didn't talk about Green Bay at all, but I'm taking the Packers in this one. Yeah. Final uh, Sunday early matchup is Cleveland at Houston. The Browns are road favorites. They get two and a half over-unders at 40.5. What are you doing here?
1: This is a fun one because I think everybody thought that CJ Stroud was coming back because this line opened at Houston minus two and a half, which yeah. is wild to me. Even if he played, I don't think it, they should be a two and a half point favorite. Like, I get that Joe Flacco's not all that great, but he's doing enough, right? He's doing enough. He opens it up a little bit for them, gives them the confidence. to Mari Cooper and Joku's just tearing up fields and 199 it. yards. A quarter from David and Joku in the NFL, it's it's wild. The guy's got like four games of actual production, and he's like in the fantasy game, he's like tied in I don't know five or something. It's it's crazy and stupid, but um, but yeah. As soon as people realized that C.J. Stroud wasn't practicing, this line flipped five points. Uh, I'm taking Cleveland in this one. They were my bet right off the rip, even if C.J. Stroud was playing. Um, so I'll t- I'll take Cleveland still.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we run some type of simulation here, can Houston win the game without CJ Stroud? There's probably a chance. But if you run that simulation, Cleveland probably wins like what, eight or nine out of those 10 sim- simulated games, right? Yeah. I'm taking the Browns behind a strong defensive performance and Flacco doing, like you said, just enough through the air with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. Um, you played with him in New York, right? And in an- the emergence of David and Joku, um, so I think they do enough with those guys. The defense is stifling, you know, with Stefanski and uh, Jim Schwartz. So, yeah, give me the Browns as well. Yep. All right, moving on to the Sunday afternoon games. Now, first one we have here is Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. The Bucks are favored by one and a half over/unders at forty-three point five. Nate, what you got?
1: The Bucks are sailing the seas, pillaging Lambeau Field with. <laughs> Perfect passer ratings out of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. This late in his career, perfect passer ratings. Third, fourth, fourth team, right? Fourth team Mm -hmm. shunned out of everywhere else. Perfect passer ratings in Tampa at Lambeau. Jacksonville can't get out of their own way. All they do is fumble the ball when carrying it. Uh, No contact. Yards away from anybody. Trevor, Trevor. 15 seconds left before the half. You run a hurry drill, uh, and instead of spiking the ball, giving yourself one, two shots at the end zone, then kicking a field goal before the half, uh, you throw an out route uh, short of the goal line and way too short of the sideline. Guy gets tackled in bounds. no points. No clue what's happening there. Don't think Trevor Lawrence is playing at a generational talent level. We haven't seen that at all throughout his entire career yet. Um, But with that said, I think that Jacksonville fixes those things this week. You got other teams that are competing for seeding in the AFC. Jacksonville needs to get a win, secure the division, and then they can figure out what's going on the rest of the time. I think Tampa coming off that high in Green Bay, everything with Baker, everything that's bad. This just feels like one of those get right games and remember who you are type of games. And I will
0: take Jacksonville to win it on the road. All right. So disclaimer, I was on the Jacksonville side up until this afternoon. Um, This is a tough one to pick for me with no Trevor Lawrence practicing this week. He's obviously got the ankle, right? The high, medium, low, whatever, wherever the ankle sprain was. I think it was somewhere in the middle. Yep. It was high. He probably wouldn't be playing. But he went out last week with a hit to the head, I believe. Um, he did return because good players just, they shake off concussions like it's nothing. Um, but he missed today's practice due to the concussion. So him playing right now is 100% up in the air. Um, I think Tampa is playing decent enough football to take out if Trevor doesn't play a C.J. Beathard-led team, I'm going to change my pick from what I had Monday and take Tampa at home to win. Uh, but this would be one where I'm checking the injury report Friday, looking for at least a limited from Trevor Lawrence. If he logs a limited Thursday, Friday, he's probably going to play. But I won't change my pick. I'll stick with Tampa Bay uh, to win this game at home.
1: It's wild that he got put into mm-hmm. the concussion protocol after the game. Like that makes no yeah, but sense But he got put into... Come on, man. Yeah. But he, he literally... After the game was done, they put – the league put him in concussion protocol. Like, that's – It happened during. (laughs) It happened during the game, right? Um, I don't have a concern with C.J. Beth Maybe it's because I'm a Niner fan, so I like everybody who's been a Niner backup quarterback, right? But a couple weeks back when they played Cincinnati and they lost in overtime – to Mm -hmm. the Bengals, right cj bethard had to fill in for trevor lawrence in that game he went nine of ten 63 yards not too bad i had a little bit of rushing upside as well too so i have some faith in cj bethard a lot of dink and donk which is i where i think you can um take advantage of some of this tampa bay um defensive secondary you don't want
0: to go over the top over those guys like they got some pretty dope safeties so for sure all right next game here arizona at chicago bears are favored haven't said that much in 2023. They get four and a half at home. Over-unders at 43.5. What you got? I'll
1: take the Bears. This defense is coming together a little bit. Um, I think that this team is showing out to say, hey, bring us a real coach because we can play ball. Um, and I think that – I think even Flus is done. They bring in an offensive head coach next year. But uh, I'll take Chicago to beat the Arizona Cardinals. I think Arizona is kind of sketchy because you got – You got kyler still right so maybe you parlay both the russian props of these quarterbacks i don't know like that'd be kind of cool to see right (laughs) uh quarterbacks just running all over the field and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. uh arizona plays in arizona where it's nice and balmy um balmy is a warm word or is it that's a cold word i don't know um but it's Uh, nice and warm warm it's a warm word. it's nice and balmy um you know you get those mid 60s 70s in the winter time i get that this desert it can get cold at night but during the day it's fairly nice And now you get to go to the winter in Chicago, uh, Soldier Field. Uh, No good facilities there either for the home or the away team, but the home team's used to it. I'll take the Bears to get a win at home.
0: Balmy, adjective of the weather, pleasantly warm, the balmy days of late summer. There you go. I know anything that starts with ball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so this one being at Soldier Field, the Bears defense being very good since the Montez sweat trade. Justin Fields playing pretty decent football. All of that stuff combined has me leaning Chicago. Arizona, they have nothing outside of Trey McBride. We talked about this a week ago or two weeks ago on the recap show. Uh, Nothing outside of Trey McBride to catch the ball. Um, With all the injuries there, they're mounting. Um, So it's going to be tough for Kyler. Uh, I'm also taking Chicago here. All right, final Sunday afternoon game. This is Dallas at Miami. Miami think i'll be watching this one miami favored at home they get one and a half over unders high it's the highest i think this is the highest on the weekend 50.5 who are you taking
1: you know what we call this game right tony it is college football it's bowl it's season tr- and this is the bully bowl <laughs> both teams just bullies mm. one but one of them's got to beat the other one maybe this game ends in a tie yeah. can we pick a tie um this is, this is one of the harder ones to pick on the entire thing. For me, this is harder than picking, like, I don't know, Minnesota over Detroit or, you know, yeah. some crazy Jets in Washington and stuff like
0: that. This yeah, what, one's ver- tough. what version of these teams are we getting? Yeah,
1: you don't know. I think that Tyreek Hill sat out last week to make sure that they didn't re-injure anything to play this team. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they felt good with the game plan because Tyreek Hill was out on the field warming up full speed. All the beat reporters looks perfectly fine. Not even a nothing, whatever the up, up inactive, right? Like, what are we doing? Um, we saw what this team looked like the last week without this dude. Uh, but I think a week, the game plan, I don't think they ever intended to play him uh, against the Jets to get him ready for this game. Mm-hmm. Dallas, I think, is going to struggle against Vic Fangio. Miami's defense is playing a little bit better as the season goes. They're catching up to what the offense was able to do. You could run all over this Dallas Cowboys defense. They're one of the easiest teams to run on. And it's perfectly awesome because all they, the only, the only way that they create pressure is with Micah Parsons. And when you start running the ball at Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons doesn't want to play football anymore. He'll legitimately quit because, and you'll see it. If you run, hurry up. Like, I would, I would have, if I were the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel, I see that on tape because you see it every single week. Any team, Anytime a team runs, hurry up, two-minute drill, something like that, trying to get an extra playoff before the two-minute warning, Michael Parsons is jogging, barely gets into the stance, barely comes off the ball, and I would just run it at that dude the entire time. This is how the San Francisco 49ers beat the shit out of this team. This is how the Buffalo Bills— Beat the shit out of this team. Just run the ball right at their ends because they're the only people who create any pressure on this defense. Their linebacking core stinks. They have a corner who has a bunch of interceptions. Um, Whoop-de-freaking-do. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think it's going to be fun, but I'm going to take Miami to win based off the running game. This one could get crazy ugly, and then at that point everybody's like, oh, yeah, remember when Dak Prescott was the MVP candidate you know a up, up front ago. leader uh two weeks ago yeah never never again um when you need that Dak Prescott just like Jared Goff when you need Dak Prescott to make a play for you at the end of a football game to win one against a tough opponent mm-hmm. you're getting an interception it's just mm-hmm. how it goes and that's what's gonna go on here <laughs> I'll take Miami at home
0: yeah i'm not gonna say anything you just said about micah parsons isn't true but i think it also helps when you have your fullback dive into micah parsons knees after a play's over did you see that it's like one of the first or second possessions for the bills it it was pretty wild i didn't see him get pushed or tripped he just kind of dove after the play had kind of someone i think james cook ran the ball he got tackled and then yeah after that micah walked off the field and he really wasn't the same after Mm. but those things you said they they are true i just i wanted to to make a comment about that because I thought it was—you're not
1: weird. a Dallas Cowboys fan anymore, Tony. <laughs> I'm not, you I'm don't not, have to
0: defend this shit organization. I'm a neutral fan, and I saw this like, what the hell is that? Where did yeah. Reggie get? Because he like he started the play on the left side, and he somehow came all the way around the line and ended up jumping into Micah Parsons' knees when he was just standing. I was like, what are you doing? What is this? Yeah. But anyways, you and I both consider Miami to be a contender. We think they're going to make a playoff run here. Dallas has had issues with contending teams. Look no further than the box scores against the 49ers or Bills. I think Miami's able to do what Buffalo did. They can run the ball well. Dallas is 19th so far against the run in 2023. Um, And I think Miami can hit explosive plays when they need to. If the Dolphins can do that, keep Dallas one-dimensional. We saw the effect that had on them um, last week. Wasn't good for Dallas. Also worth noting, Cowboys stud center Zach Martin is dealing with a quad injury. Took him out of the game last week not practicing so far if he doesn't go this week good luck dealing with Wilkins you know and those other guys uh, on that Dolphins front Um, I'm also taking the Dolphins here at home all right moving on to our Sunday night game so getting into the primetime games New England at Denver Denver home favorites they get six and a half over under this one might be the lowest one of the week at 34.5 who you got I think
1: this line is criminal um it was almost going to be my, my best bet to take the new England side here. Cause this opened up at, uh, really? Oh yeah. It's at six and a half still. Uh, that's yeah. a lot of points for Denver to lay. <laughs> that that's a lot of points. Um, yeah. I think Denver just wins this game. I don't think that they're, they're good enough. You got turmoil with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. I don't think that's going to work. Um, New England seems to be a passing team. They were able to run the ball last week with Zeke Elliott, but I don't think they win. Um, yeah, Christmas Eve night, you're on the road. You're playing Denver. Yeah, they you playing cold in New England, but it's cold here too. You ain't got no no air to breathe. I I don't know. I I take Denver, but it feels ugly. It feels nasty. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. Um, I think it's way too many points, though, uh, for Denver to lay against the Patriots.
0: And this is 2.95 units for us to get this yeah. W here. It's this, stupid. I'm looking at it now with the the analysis I have, and I'm like, man, that the plus 240 is looking pretty good, Nate. It's looking, pretty, it's looking pretty good. Uh, New England has some pride. You can give them that, right? Um, So they won't do what the Chargers did last week or two weeks ago, but they're outmatched against this Broncos team. Their only hope um, I think if they want to win is getting the run game going, building a lead and just playing from ahead. Denver does give up a buck 46 on the ground per game. That is the worst in the NFL outside of that though. I think Denver has success through the air. I think they're able to run away with the game. It's also worth noting that the Patriots are a bottom three team, um, turning the ball over on defense and then bottom three in sacks. So when Denver has struggled. It's been when they've been getting a lot of pressure. Uh, that offensive line has been letting up a lot of pressure. So New England really hasn't done that. I don't think Matt Judon, I, think, I don't think he's playing right now. So I'm not too concerned with that. I think Denver wins. Maybe not covering here, but I have them getting the win. But yeah, that, that 2.95, uh, bookmark this, it's probably going to bite us in the ass this week. Yep. Yeah, damn it. All right, getting to the Monday night game. So Christmas triple header, not one game, not two games. We get three, Nate. First one is las vegas at kansas city the chiefs are home favorites they get 10 over unders at 41.5 what you got this is this is the
1: matchup you think about when you when you think about christmas Say, hey what are you gonna do on christmas you know like man i really wish the chiefs and the raiders were playing um <laughs> raiders that was fun uh, i think they're gonna get smacked by kansas city i'll just take the chiefs here at home on christmas one team wears black that is um the color of the depths of the core of the earth uh it is very dark there christmas is about bright red white little snow santa wears red santa wears red santa wears white so does patrick mahomes Uh, the
0: chiefs i take the chiefs here outstanding analysis (laughs) Uh, yeah chiefs are in playoff mode Um, they likely aren't getting the one seed but to seal the division and you know a two or three seed they need to win these games down the stretch looking for strong Rasheed Rice production um, and the defense there to make O'Connell look like the backup that he is I think all of those things will come to fruition I'm also taking the Patrick Mahomes aka Santa led Kansas City Chiefs second matchup here on Christmas Day is the Giants the New York Giants taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, Philly, home favorites. They get 11 and a half. Seems like a lot the way they've been playing. Over-unders at 42.5. What you got?
1: You know, my best bet comes out of this game, Tony. Uh, my best bet is uh, from the tunnel, Danny DeVito gets hit by batteries uh, from 30,000 people dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, and Philly wins this game by a significant margin. Nothing like <laughs> coming off a three-game losing skid. Mm. one on Monday night on the road in Seattle, having to fly all the way back to Philadelphia, then playing on Christmas day and being able to play the New York football giants. I'll take Philly.
0: Yeah. I think the end is near for the Tommy DeVito hype train. He's had his 15 minutes. Maybe we're at like minute 14. Maybe there's a little bit left. He's increased the price of attendance at his signings, So that's a little weird, but it's now or never for Philly. They've lost three straight, as you mentioned. And if they don't, want to piss away what could be a playoff run a deep playoff run they need to get going again um I'm taking Philly behind more running the football more AJ Brown and then better defense just any defense their defense has been horrible I believe dead last in the league in DVOA um the last four or five weeks so taking Philly here um you haven't mentioned a game where uh the heavy favored team is likely to win was would this be the one for you or are you saving, that? <laughs> I'm saving it okay all right all right yeah I, I figured maybe it's this next one Baltimore at San Francisco the 49ers <laughs> are favored by five and a half over under it's at 46.5 Nate what do you got
1: there so no Keaton Mitchell on this Baltimore team we talked about it on the recap but no no Keaton Mitchell on this Baltimore team makes Lamar Jackson the only explosive player that they have that can actually consistently make plays. Right? Like, yeah, they have Zay Flowers, but uh, we haven't heard about that guy for quite some time. Um, it was nice and fun at the beginning, and then you realize that it's gadget stuff and bubble screens and all this kind of stuff that they're doing, and it's very simple to stop. Maybe this is why uh, Baker Mayfield was getting crapped on you know, near the end of his tenure in Cleveland. And maybe that has something to do with it because he had the same offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just tinfoil hat Nate. But uh, is there a pathway for Baltimore to win this game? Sure. I don't know what it is, but there's got to be one. Uh, I'm taking the 49ers. Baltimore Ravens came out this week. I believe it was today in the press conferences talking about how they felt disrespected because they were an underdog against the 49ers on the road, Christmas night in the Bay Area (laughs) against the 2023 San Francisco 49ers and that they were an underdog. Don't, Don't even bet on us. Don't even pick us because we don't want you to pick us. You're worried too much about what everybody else thinks and the Niners have not thought a damn thing about what anybody else thinks the entire year. Both of their MVP candidates, just talk. I think the other guy should get the MVP. Right? It's all about team. It's all about winning. It's all about redemption. Two straight years of getting beat in the NFC Championship game, losing to the Super in the Super Bowl to this team. When the lights go out, <laughs> mm. give me San Francisco. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think that I. The only way Baltimore could do something is if Lamar runs. And running quarterbacks have given the Niners some trouble. Kyler gave them some trouble last week. The Arizona Cardinals, I believe, ran for 200 yards. Was it 200 yards? Was it 140 yards? They ran for a lot of yards on the Niners last week uh, compared to what the Niners normally give up. I don't think Baltimore's doing that with Gus Edwards. It had to come out of Lamar. But you know who Lamar doesn't want to see? He doesn't want to see Bosa. He doesn't want to see... Dre Greenlaw. Like, Dre Greenlaw punch you in the face and your security guard. You don't want to see Fred Warner. Like, you don't want to see any of these dudes on the outside or the linebacking core yeah. as you're trying to run. Um, this is, I think it's going to be a bad showing. Anytime that you see a team talking about how they feel disrespected prior to a game about being an underdog, and they think they're the best team in the league, that is the exact recipe down to the T. Not one more grain of salt. Forget your ass, whooped! <laughs> bang, bang, Niner gang! Niners are going to win this game, and I like the Niner team total over as well too.
0: So, you do what you got to do for whiteboard material. If they're not giving you, you got to make it up. Hey. <clears throat> it's very, very critical in the game of the in the game the NFL plays here. Uh, so, outside of a three game stretch that was littered with injuries, one of these teams has put together a consistent track record on both sides of the ball, offense and defense looking like a Super Bowl contending team week in and week out. The other team has games where you scratch your head, wondering what the hell is going on with either the defense or the offense. Um, just some games where one of those two phases just doesn't have it together. The 49ers on film, on paper, on chat, GPT, whatever, they look like the more complete team, um, the aforementioned. And with the added benefit of the Niners playing at SoFi North this weekend, I'm going to go ahead and give the extra edge to San Francisco. I'm also taking the 49ers. Not with as much enthusiasm as Nate, but I am on San Fran this week.
1: So far North, Lumen South, AT&T <laughs> West. Like, no matter what it is. <laughs> as long as it's not the dog pound, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so on the week, in order to get to one unit of profit for each correctly picked game, that's what we've been doing all season, I am risking 42.9 units. Nate, you're at 41.9. Best bets. We're still muddling along. I'm fighting to get back above 500. Not doing great. Um, And you're crushing it, despite the loss last week. What do you have, or what are you thinking about for week 16?
1: Yep, so shout out to everybody who listens when we post this thing. All the early listeners, because um, if you do play this and it wins, I'm not saying play it. I'm not like some fucking guru. Here's my picks. Play my picks. You know, like fucking... Whatever atcha on fucking X Twitter, or whatever like that. Who's literally in a Prize Picks commercial? Literally in the Prize Picks commercial, Tell you what to bet. Yeah,
0: um,
1: fugazi fives and surgical sixes and stuff like that. So follow Trent him on atcha. Blue Sky. Yeah, follow him on Blue Sky. That's is this might me be ran by Tony? Might be ran by Tony. <laughs> um, but Thursday night football, I'm going with the Rams here. Um, there's a guy named John Johnson the Third. Uh, He's started the last three games as their other safety has gotten injured Um, and they're playing the saints and the saints are the, one of the better friendly tackling teams in the NFL. We talked about how they matriculate the ball down the field. Um, They run a lot lot of plays. They run tons of plays. They're top 10 uh, in tackles given up to opposing safeties. They've been top five in the last four weeks. They do not score near the end zone. So when they get these little dink and dunks and stuff like that, there's a lot more tackle opportunities going on there. Um, Johnson, like I said, he's played pretty much all the snaps in the uh, last three weeks since taking over the starting job. I think it's hundred percent, hundred percent. Last week was 95%. Um, In the last three, he's gotten six tackles and assists, eight tackles and assists. Last week was three tackles and assists. Washington didn't have the ball. Didn't maintain possession of the ball. A lot less possessions for the Washington Commanders and what they do. A lot of incomplete Mm -hmm. passes. Obviously, they benched Sam Howe in that game. Uh, The Saints are fifth in plays per game also. And um, a little known fact. And these things are fun when you're looking at tackle and assist numbers. um, L.A. scorekeeping historically and this year has continued on has been the most friendly scorekeeping to assists in tackles. If you're within the hash mark of where, well, you're probably going to get an assist. If you're close, you fall on the pile, you're going to get an assist. Like when they had Bobby Wagner down there, um, Bobby Wagner, so there and Seattle, is massive for giving assists out. Um, those Legion of Boom teams and all that kind of, they didn't have really had that many tackles and assists. Uh, they got stuff for being right at the, at the pile or tackling on at the end. They had nothing to do with the actual tackle. So, um, yeah. with a friendly scorekeeper in LA, I'll take John Johnson, the third, over four and a half tackles and assists against the New Orleans Saints Thursday night football. Hopefully it wins and I could go into Christmas, you know, with a little bit of, you know, thirteen more dollars in my wallet. Let's just, you know, maybe I can go to the gas station in the morning get me a get me a Zen or something like that to get me through the day because I got to wake up the next day at like two thirty in the morning and drive to an airport. So, John oh, Jones, yeah, I can't stay awake like for fucking Sunday night football. Put something on damn
0: New England. Like I gotta go to bed. All right, uh, my best bet. Looking at running backs again since I've had some luck with these props uh, this season. What I have for week 16 is James Cook over 23.5 receiving yards uh you can find that right now right now, uh for minus 110 at Bet365 I like Bet365 because they post a lot of their props early um yeah. FanDuel the one we shall not mention you won't see those typically the day maybe two days prior to the game so we're trying to record these earlier in the week tough to find some of these props um outside of like the Thursday night game right so I do like yeah. Bet365 for some of the early lines but Uh, My justification here, the analysis, since Ken Dorsey was sent to the unemployment line, uh, James Cook has become a pretty important piece of the Buffalo offense, both on the ground and through the air. We talked about this a little bit on the recap, uh, both Nate and I did. In terms of receiving and why I like this line is that since Dorsey was fired, Cook hasn't dipped below 29. He's totaled 29, 57, 83, and 42 through the air. If you're concerned, though, with the blowout, the impending blowout uh, of the Chargers coming up, looming. Two of those four games were blowouts, one against Dallas and one against the Jets. Like I said, he's a very important piece for uh, Brady, and the team seems to have settled into kind of running the offense through him um, and then obviously through Josh Allen and whatever's left for Stephon Diggs because it seems like Stephon Diggs has even fallen to the wayside uh, with what James Cook has been getting uh, touch-wise.
1: Yeah, they had Brandon Staley, you know, two weeks ago came out and was like, do you think that this team still, you know, believes in your message and all this kind of stuff? Was like, yep, this, 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 we're all together. <laughs> and then they came out and said, yeah, we're not, we quit against the the Raiders just to get them fired. Mm-hmm. That's what it really felt like. They quit in that game. Um, and then maybe at halftime they got notified that he's going to get fired because that's when they started scoring some points. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But I think this team's, I think Los Angeles has quit. I think the Chargers have quit on this season. I think dudes won out. Um, they've also, yeah, you'll have people making too. Austin Eckler's come didn't. out saying that he's, uh, you know, trying to continue to put his resume together for free agency. Get the like, no, dude. They, <laughs> yeah, I think that you can get yeah. that probably in the first quarter. So I think that's a good one that, that opened up at like 21 and a half also. So that's going to get steamed into the 25s. So
0: I think I've seen it at other places already at 25 or 26 and a half. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. Any closing thoughts? I know you dropped some props up there, future stuff. Uh, any thoughts though, before we, before we close? Um,
1: nah, I think it's, uh, I think it's good for I would say not and then I talk. Uh, not about the betting side, but enjoy the holidays, enjoy the enjoy Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Yeah. Uh spend some time with your loved ones. Um, maybe if you have the games on put it mute it and play some Christmas music. You don't like listening to announcers anyways, so they're just gonna piss you off, you know. But enjoy that time with your family. Um thank you guys for watching. It's it's been cool seeing what we've been able to like when you could have, you know, ev- you know, even our channel are like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 views set some videos or whatever like that. Um, it's pretty weird to, if you were sitting in a room talking sports like you and me, Tony, and there's like 50 people around us just watching and listening. And that's very, what it feels like. So, um, yeah. But it's cool. Um, just want to say thanks and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody um, and enjoy your time.
0: Yeah, as always, thank you guys for listening, watching, following, all of the above, uh, but rating us in the comments—we love it, we love it, we're reading it, we'll respond to it. Uh, we do appreciate the feedback. Best of luck in your fantasy and sports betting endeavors, um, and then we both wish you have a very, very merry Christmas, happy New Year, happy Festivus, all of the above. No. Uh.
1: <laughs> if you're a Festivus uh, <laughs> supporter. That's the good way to get turned people against Festivus. Just put the word supporter at the end of it. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Grievances will be aired next Festivus time. Festivus
1: is meet. not on the ballot for December this year. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nate's put his uh, tinfoil hat on. All right. No. <laughs> uh, until next week, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.